0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Slay the Stars. It's our first synopsis episode. Yay! We wanted to make these for a few reasons. First, we want our podcast to be as accessible as possible. We want people to be able to stay current on the podcast episodes, to get refreshers when they need them, and to be able to catch up quickly if they hear about us down the line. We don't want the number of episodes that we put out to be a hindrance to new people joining the community. Obviously, we won't be able to cover every detail in every episode, and the best way to get engrossed in the story is to listen to them all. But life is life, and we want to make sure anyone who wants to enjoy Slay the Stars Can. Plus, these episodes give us a chance to comment on some of the shenanigans that happen, and there are many. So, without further ado, guys, episode one, Meet Me at the Point, we got to see a little bit about... Uh, what Zamira and Shar are like before the events of our story. Zamira, you were a student at Stellium Academy, the premier mm-hmm. magic school in the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have strange dreams that have some sort of divinatory powers. Shar, you were a groundskeeper slash security guard at the Temple of the Divines in Saltspire, one of the few working temples left in the entire continent. Uh, you both received strange letters hinting at deep secrets you both kept, beckoning you to a meeting that night at Ascension Point. And we went. And you went. And we almost died.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: Twice. The the only question I had for both of you, this episode is pretty straightforward, was um, what did you both hope to get across about your characters in those moments? Who were they before their lives sort of changed forever?
2: Um, that feels like two questions. <laughs> yeah, well. So, like, what I was hoping to get across um, in regards to Zamira is that she is someone who is going to take the risky bet. She's going to, um, not—she's going to throw caution to the wind. Um, she's not completely reckless, but it's close. (laughs) Um, She definitely, you know, a big thing for her is not understanding a lot of her, her, where her magic comes from. Um, And she wants to know. She wants answers. So they taunted her with the right thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I kind of wanted to indicate that Char's life had kind of fallen apart at that point. Like very much like this is the 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 sequel to his life has started now because his original life was messy and complicated and like the reasons he is where he is is because his life did fall apart which I think we're going to start covering in the next couple episodes like what exactly happened with everything because you and I have had an idea and the fact that we neither of us have like nerded out over this on an episode yet has been fascinating
0: It's, it's hard there's a lot of
1: secrets
0: They'll all come out eventually.
1: Yeah. Episode one was, uh, I think it was a pretty solid character introduction. Yeah. Uh, Now, I can, there's, I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there who's like, no, it wasn't. How dare you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, but to the other half of that question with the, who they were before all of this started, you know, Zamira, she, she did a lot of running from her parents. She tried to distance herself as much as possible and, um, Declare that she was different from them, um, but that being said, she was pretty spoiled. I mean, she basically got whatever she wanted um, by whatever means. Um, she she had friends. She didn't, you know, I mean, there there wasn't a whole lot of <clears throat> struggle to her life up until this point. Not really.
0: Fascinating. Well, uh, we'll jump into episode two. Do you have magic? We met Adhara, the hunter. And, I mean, we we met Karina really towards the end of episode one. But um, her arc, for now, ends here. Um, Karina Zinwaran, Zem's friend from secondary school. Um, We found out the sort of the reason that you both were invited to this midnight rendezvous stemmed from your seemingly innate ways of casting magic. You escaped your ca- kidnapper's grasp, as did Karina, but you were left in a place of, like, uh, what now? Uh, in this episode, Shar also makes his first kill, one of the guards who worked for oh, Akara.
1: Oh, hey, we both blown somebody's up through their chest now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have yeah so uh let's let's start with that moment Shar. um we're gonna sort of jump ahead a little bit here for this question but you this was your first kill Mm -hmm. and we've seen you all fight in future episodes as well how is that life or death struggle changing for Shar? is it getting easier
1: no i think so like the plans for Shar, assuming he lives long enough to make them happen, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he is going to be very much a, n- not necessarily like a pacifist, but he's going to try to not kill as much as he can. The way that he was always even taught growing up was that, you know, his parents were musicians and entertainers and... Yeah, they were hippies. That's an easier way to do that. And now I'm sad. Um, They were hippies, but they always embrace like, no, like conversations, like is the way to get people and like appeal to their better selves, potentially fighting is like the usually the last resort, which is where he kind of picked up some of it, like where his ideology comes across with Gideon. Uh, when he was training, but he would prefer not to kill anybody, and that was honestly the the first real time he's used his magic. Like it, it's been experiments up to that point in hiding, yeah. But that was the first time he's like, "Oh, oh shit,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: oh shit, no." <laughs> That's and we did the dramatization of it too. We did actually. Yeah. So I think that that put his headspace in better than what I did in the episode because yeah. at that point I'm just like, so "Oh." Hmm, I didn't... I thought he was going to have more hit points.
0: Yes. Whoops! For anybody who wants to listen to that dramatization, super good. It's on our YouTube channel. You can find a link at slaythestars.com. You can also find us on YouTube if you just search Slay the Stars. Um, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Questions sort of for both of you. Uh, the cloaked person that was using magic, who was with Adhara... Um, any thoughts on this? They, mm-hmm. as you are fleeing, uh, they actually cast Hold Person on Zamira, which we can metagame now. This is the whole thing is metagaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a second level spell that would make them fairly skilled in this world where most people, I would say, basically no one can eclipse fifth level spell casting. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: we've gone over that with the Stellium Academy too, which is like what's the highest level like teachers can hit and the, the fact that it was like five or six. Yeah, yeah. Which is insane. Considering yeah. that we're all used to playing pretty high level D&D. Yeah. Where like the Paladin has level five and six stuff at level 20.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's just rare. It happens. It's rare. And, you know, something to keep in mind too is those are the people that um go to school and broadcast their abilities. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do have two ideas, but I don't. Uh, I don't think I want to give those ideas up. All right. Uh, Let's suffice it to say, suffice, suffice, suffice that to say (laughs) that I'm pretty sure that Zem knows this individual. Uh,
1: To bounce off of that, I'm pretty sure I don't know the individual. Um, I would love that it would be somebody that we would know. I think that'd build a lot of interesting dynamics um i personally think it's just a high level spellcaster who is doing some kind of experiments and to be honest the fact that i've been reading and watching overlord again does not help my (laughs) frame of mind so I, i think it's a skeletal man or woman uh spellcaster that is just running experiments rampant rampant rabid fuck
0: We're going to be playing this game all day. (laughs) So from there, we jump into episode three, On the Run. Uh, The two of you slept in a crypt. We got our first meeting with Char's deity, Amara, the goddess of love in the Velen pantheon.
1: I'm thinking this... of fire safety.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was too. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie, <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is also the episode where a huge amount that seems small at the time occurs. Um, Zem and Shar go to the Astros Emporium, which is the headquarters of the Nexus Crime Syndicate, to speak with Zem's mother, Dahlia, for help. Uh, Dahlia basically throws money at her daughter. Tells her it isn't safe and shoves her out the door. Uh, As you good brothers do. Are, um, if you could see it, air quotes, heroes then decide to steal a horse and cart from Char's old friend and employer, Gideon the Blacksmith, who was actively getting shaken down for information about Char. They did not intervene. <laughs> <laughs> And by the grace of portent dice, damn you, they made it out of salt fire on the road to Ocean that, Yeah, you know,
1: That's going to be a running theme on the campaign is your goddamn portent dice. How dare you, motherfucker! This
0: looks the <laughs> only way we're going to survive. I know yeah. it. And so, uh, Zamira, the first question is for you. Does it bring you joy to shatter my hopes and dreams?
2: Yes. <laughs> There's not even a hesitation there. Yeah, absolutely. It's like my sole job as your player. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: um double 18s you guys double 18s and didn't matter <laughs>
1: I, I think didn't you have to save me coming out of the window too like didn't I not win that or no 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 that was going into the window and I it rolled low but I wasn't low enough to yeah yeah
0: I wasn't it low enough to to do that to eat it but Char uh how does it feel to be a horrible friend who left your old <laughs> pal Gideon to maybe die <laughs> yeah Uh,
1: I don't think that I left him to die Uh, I was explicitly not there and his stuff was stolen so
2: yeah technically technically Zem took off with the stuff that's true that is true with the horse and cart and and steel beams and charcoal and various (laughs) supplies
1: I forgot about the charcoal
2: yeah 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 you did bring
0: some guards in too. Yeah, I mean the
1: way so I'm was... just glad that that worked out as well in my head that it did on in in practice.
0: Yeah,
1: because that could have been very fucked up. I and should bad.
0: have been way meaner and had them be more of like the bad guys. And you now there are four guys in there that are going <laughs> to beat up Gideon instead of two. <laughs> <sighs> um, and uh, episode four peddlers, and premonitions. Uh, we get our first fight, a bear. And our Fuck that bear.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's uh, also our first hint that something is maybe amiss with the wildlife in the area. We also met Zem's new best friend, Mila, the gnome peddler, mm-hmm. who has an affinity for the creepy side of things. Mm-hmm. Zem ended up purchasing a strange tarot deck uh, with cards that feature artwork of not only Zem and Char, but other people. Uh, they have and will continue to meet along their path. Uh, they ended up making it to the Midway Tavern. Both Zem and Shar get flirted with. It doesn't end well for either of them. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, that's right,
0: he did. <laughs> there are some hella sus people who Shar decides to investigate. He uh, broke into their wagon, and you got a glimpse of some like end game stuff a glass containment orb of some sort of swirling black mist inside. Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. Uh, he got caught. But got away, and that's where we sort of cut it. Uh, Char. More importantly, you left. If you say anything your about the crowbar? crowbar the you motherfucker. How does that make you feel?
1: Confused, because. The options presented to me were, are you running and leaving the crowbar, or are you getting caught? And I'm like, leaving the crowbar?
2: No, I said, are
0: you running? And then use it? Z- I'm dropping the crowbar. That's
2: what happened. I think that it's interesting here that you would act so Zem-like in this moment. Mm-hmm. Also, I just realized that Zem-like and Zen-like sound exactly the same, but are very different.
1: So we're just going to have two sides of the same coin, is you're either very Zen-like or zeb like which is <laughs> yes. chaos versus peace. Yes. um, but no, I think it was he had had some drinks in him and he had never really had that atmosphere of he's very much an introvert by nature for the most part too. And there was a lot of partying and going on. I mean, shit, you were dancing with a bard lovely. for a mm-hmm. while. Yep. Um,
2: meal. He was lovely
1: And he was more confused as like
2: he was a meal, a whole snack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't he like dip you into a table?
2: She I did, did that. that on purpose. Oh, okay. To to try to create a distraction. To help your dumb ass.
1: <laughs> no, didn't you because you crashed into the table, they went out faster, like, oh, good, break in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was,
2: they were like, great, we they can break out. They were already up and moving, and I was yeah. trying to get their attention and but, I did, but it only lasted a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah. and
1: then they went outside. But yeah. no, it was um he was genuinely concerned that people were following them. And I think that was more his concern was. He didn't think anything magical was going to ever really be in the crate. It was just like, oh, it's got to be a magic sword. Now I know that they're guards. Like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I didn't think anything was going to be like that. Yeah. But when, first of all, I have a lot of unique things that I tend to keep when I'm a a player in D&D. And my backpack and a crowbar is almost never one of them. Yeah. And the fact that I'm like, I can use this. Fuck it. Nope. Nope. Bad omit. Bad omit. Drop the crowbar.
2: Bad bad.
1: If, if that crowbar comes back and kills me later, I would be so pissed.
2: <laughs> that tarot deck, though. That mm. tarot deck is like... Oh, yeah. That's, that's where I wanted... I'm glad you said that. It's like the divination divination because it helps me divine things, but it's also <clears throat> telling us its own story, too. It's wild. Yeah. It's like divinception.
1: <laughs> We're going to have to workshop that, but that is a good backup.
2: <laughs> Ice.
0: Yeah, Div Inception. Nope, we don't have to workshop anything. That's we... perfect. Div Inception. Okay.
1: You don't look at me
2: with that tone of voice. <laughs>
1: I didn't even look at you. I was looking at my notepad. Yeah, I was I talking to you in that tone of voice. That was mm, the
2: difference. No, no, no. It was on your face.
1: <laughs> That's just my face.
2: Fix it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. If there's any artists listening that are interested in creating a tarot deck with me, hit me up.
0: Yeah, that'd be dope.
1: I can't wait to find out what the rest of the cards are.
0: We get a couple more answers in episode 12. In future
1: episodes.
0: Um, it'll, be, it'll be in the synopsis. Okay. Oh, yeah. Episode 5, Pursued. That night... Zem has her second dream of the river and being dragged below the surface. The next morning, you wake up, uh, tipped off by the spurned barmaid, Juliet, that the hunter and her minions had arrived at the tavern looking for you both. When you get outside, you found that your cart was damaged and a note had been left basically saying your curiosity was going to get you killed. But you got away. You went on to meet the real hero of this game, Aaron, the Knight of the Garden. Uh, He's so pure. (laughs) He is. A little boy who sells vegetables on the side of the road. We have another conversation between Shar and Amara, and Amara gives a little backstory on Zem's, formerly Dalius's, pendant, and drops the bomb that she and those like her had an agreement not to meddle on Vela, though that agreement is coming to an end soon. And Shar, the the revelation from Amara that Zem's pendant was a gift from the god Apenor to one of his devotees in the past uh, was interesting, and we haven't had a chance to really explore much further of that uh, that line of thinking What were Char's thoughts in the moment when when he heard that?
1: Well, a couple things. So one, he was curious as to if there was more in the world, like original gifts. I'm not talking like blessings, like essentially what Char is. Yeah. Like, and then there's the, okay, well, is there more of me? So is there more gifts? Is there more of me? And then what made uh, either Dalius or the line of secession of that pendant so special like what was the correlation to that and then i think we immediately got attacked <laughs> so
0: yeah 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 hmm. interesting okay and uh from episode five we jump into episode six uh one of our most listened to episodes of the entire podcast campfire stories uh this episode was spooky fun i literally can't wait to do more like it zem and shar are nearing ocean guard and find a group of dwarf artisans to camp with for the night the dwarves agree to this arrangement thanks to zem's shameless flirting with jor one of the apprentices and shar's bartering with the leader naz
1: fuck that flirting
0: (laughs) That night, Zem and Shar each tell a spooky campfire story to the group. Uh, Zem's was about a tree that may or may not murder things, and Shar's concerned spooky runes and missing people that plague the monastery he trained at, uh, the garden. Jor, the dwarf, told a story about a seemingly haunted mine shaft where miners go in and come back different.
1: Seemingly? Seemingly.
0: Seemingly. Uh, I don't know,
1: man. That shit is haunted.
0: (laughs) We ended with everyone taking a nice long rest and nothing horrible definitely happening the next morning. Uh, Zamira, you had your ghost moment with Jor at the potting wheel. Uh, The people want to know. I'm sorry.
1: The potting wheel?
0: Yeah, yeah, the potting wheel.
1: Is that really what it's called?
0: Pottery wheel. Yeah. Pottery. Whatever. (laughs) It's a a wheel where you make pot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was just, like, thinking, like, maybe you were, like, making, like, a tree, like, putting yes. a tree in a pot. Yes, I'm like, did I misunderstand that whole episode? <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> you did not.
0: Uh, the people want to know. Uh, no kiss for Jor.
2: He saved your life, Zam. He, you know, pottery. It seemed like there was a connection. There was and there would have been, but uh, they sort of ran at the first sight of my power, so.
0: I mean, yes. Dark things that happen in episode seven. We're not in Saltspire anymore. You awoke and Edhara, along with her two minions, had Fuck finally caught up to you. Fuck those guys too. Uh she was threatening the dwarves when the two of you decided to stand up and fight. Honestly? I didn't think you were going to win this one. Neither did we. Uh, I had planned for you both to be captured, but, you know, dice have a will of their own. Long story short, Zamira, you fried one of the guards with a witch bolt and then critted Hara with a second level casting, damn near max damage of witch bolt, uh, for almost the amount of hit points she started with. Uh, You both let the final guard run, but not until you had a chance to strip him of everything he owned, uh, sending him off into the wilderness (laughs) uh, with nothing but a carrot. Um, with I'm all these dagger, with all these blighted animals, about. Um, from there, you chose to take a level of exhaustion, move as quickly as possible into Ocean Guard. We got our first glimpse of this world's Vegas, and your home here, the Queen's Rest Inn and Tavern.
1: Well, man, you forgot something. What did I forget? We got to pick up a spell book and a note.
0: Wait, what that. Oh, yeah, those were. Yes, that did happen here.
1: That um, Zem's mom is after us, man.
0: <clears throat> yes. We're going to uh, die. This was the revelation. Yes, this was the revelatory moment um, that it is Nexus that is searching for you all.
2: Fuck that bitch. There are so many ways she could have gone about so many things, uh, but because she chose the path that she chose violence. Um, and our relationship being what it is. There was no way that I wasn't going to fight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, Zamira, you killed your
0: first two people. too In that episode.
2: It's uh, not a competition.
0: <laughs> and it, it seemed like that moment um, really affected you. Talk about that.
2: Um. So I think that. Zemira has not really been willing to examine um, too closely her motivations and the things that lurk under the surface, her shadow side. Um, But they came screaming to the surface in this episode. And I think um, she didn't really like what she saw. But I do think she liked what she felt.
0: Interesting,
1: dark, ominous,
2: terrifying. I like
0: the the wording there. Uh, and Shar Edhara was in your face for most of that fight, and it kind of looked like she was going to kill you. Uh, she did give you one chance to surrender, but it seemed to ha- but she seemed to have no qualms about killing you, or at least seriously injuring you. What was going through Shar's mind in those moments?
1: The fact that he couldn't hit her at all with his katana just at all i mean the the two hits that he did get were pretty good Mm -hmm. Uh, but the fact that he's having a lot of trouble right now because he's trying to compartmentalize like his basis for fighting is his monk training and now a lot of that is failing against higher level opponents or Mm -hmm. stronger opponents so it's not good enough anymore and that kind of threw him into a little bit of a spiral mentally uh so we might be seeing him rely more on magic or at least like the implementation of it because before he was hiding it trying not to use it or use it very minimally uh now i'm not so sure
0: interesting interesting oh um before we get into the next episode i should apologize to you both leaving you all on a cliffhanger in the last episode when you got the crate was fuck you hilarious <laughs> and I would absolutely do it again uh, episode 8 what's in the box
1: go fuck yourself uh,
0: <laughs> What I forgot to mention or neglected to mention in episode seven was that you intercepted a package that was destined for Zem's teacher, Dalius, um, from the Golden Tract, a magic stall in the silk Archery of the Ocean Guard. You took it to your room at the inn and opened it, and inside was a massive quantity of high-quality incense, and hidden in the bottom, a bag containing strips of ivory, which is illegal to sell in the Empire. You colored your hair with henna to disguise yourselves a bit and make, made plans to sell some of the loot from your recent kills and your massive windfall of incense. Uh, Zem, did you feel bad at all about stealing Delius' package, or do you think uh, he would understand and approve?
2: I did not feel bad. I don't... Yeah, I think he would, actually. Um I don't know about approve because I was taking from him but I think he would understand and potentially admire being resourceful.
0: Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Uh both of you, what are your what are your characters leading theories about what Dalius is up to with this shipment?
1: I think we actually because we talked about it for a minute. We think it's a summoning. I think both of us have arrived at that.
2: Um, yes, Unless yours has changed since then. No, I think um, Zem's initial shock at the sheer volume was not... Like, she wasn't really thinking. And I think it was... Uh, how many times is he going to try to do X, Y, Z, whatever until she, you know, like had a minute to reconcile everything she was looking at. And then it was like, oh,
1: so yours was less like, what is this for? And like, God damn it again.
2: Sort of like, I, I don't know. I mean, really. And I know that I said this multiple <laughs> times in the um in the episode, but he's capable of anything. I mean, He'll he'll try anything to get where he thinks he needs to be or wants to go or whatever. Um, So I really just think that it was a she at first misunderstood and thought multiple attempts, like practicing something like this was a backup. um, But then it was a realization that this isn't multiple attempts. This is one big, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: one big thing.
1: Oh, so see, Char was not, he did, he thought it was going to be potentially multiple things, but you think it's one thing.
2: I so mean. So that's the difference. Maybe. Although the multiple things is where I was at at first, but the.
1: Where you're at now, though. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. He's not the type to mm, tiptoe around a thing. If he's going to do it, he's. He's
1: going to Kool-Aid man through the wall. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh okay, uh episode nine. We will all burn. This was mainly a shopping episode. Uh you Hell sold yeah. off your excess gear, made a deal for a spellbook for Zem and a bag of holding. Uh you also met a super cool seamstress named Cloud, who was a yonti though. You don't know uh, that you don't really recognize her as such because you've never met someone like her before. I want to make a note of that here because I think there was confusion about her.
1: Um, yeah. I thought she was a Ganasi. That's my yeah, bad. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to be very clear that she is a auntie. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> uh, you bought lots of dresses from her for both of you and a, well, I should say you Love bought dress. one dress for Char And three dresses. <laughs> for Love Samira. Dress. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also a beautiful iridescent cape, uh, also for Zem.
2: <laughs> and and two pairs of shoes, one for, also each. for yeah. Ha! <laughs> huh, you got a you got a uh, corset.
1: Yeah, that was miserable.
2: Oh,
0: yes. The corset as well. Uh, But there were two interesting moments from this episode that I want to make sure we mention. Uh, There was an old man stumbling into the street shouting, seemingly drunk and or crazed. um, Something about a woman coming to this world looking for keys and ending with, The broken and aberrant shall inherit the world and we will all burn. Also... Zem got a weird note slipped into her pocket with an address to the gaming district and a flaming heart symbol that reminded you both of Char's pendant.
1: Fuck those imposters.
0: (laughs) Both of you. Thoughts on the old man?
1: I wish we had had a higher priority on that.
2: I know. I didn't. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because originally it was just like, okay, he's an old man. He's going to be drunk in an alley. Cool. I'm curious as to what he's saying. And then... The day got away with us with dress shopping and trying to get the the bag of holding and then the book. Yeah. And by the time we got there, it was too late. And I, it's going to happen. It's fine. But I really wanted to know. At, at this point, I also think that Char and Zem, we don't think too many things are that crazy anymore.
2: <laughs> There's that. I also think, though, that we are, um, we're still, like, I I don't know about you and how you feel about it but i feel that we are still like our heads are still exploding we're still we i mean it's really like been a few days of of going from these innocent like kids trying to figure out their place in the world to maybe it's been less than a week yeah like to holy shit yeah yeah that's what i mean so it's been it hasn't been that long where we've had to n- normalize very abnormal things because it was <laughs> survival mode um so i think that that's part of it too where Yes, that was very intriguing, and I also wanted to go check that out. But we were still we we need to get this so that we can survive, yeah. so that we can you know make it through the day. Because it
1: was the dresses and then the hair dye, mm-hmm. and then thank God we got a bag of holding. And I swear to God, if this is a bag of varying, I will strangle you. I yes, police, it was of... me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, and pretending that you guys don't know what happens in episode 10. <laughs> what did you both think would be waiting for you at the address on the card?
2: Not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't um I don't remember what I thought. Um I yeah, not that for sure. I, I was definitely was bamboozled.
1: Like... Height of adrenaline, too.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Because I think I had to roll a crit success on the perception check to even see that that was happening. Or no, it was you that got it.
0: Yeah, Zem was the one who got the really high um, perception check to notice the person that was pickpocketing her. Uh, you rolled, then, a high insight to see that he was not being sinister.
1: God, it's been forever since I've edited those.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, so then from there, (laughs) episode 10. Uh, Amara's adoration. You followed the address on Zem's note and ended up at a casino. Fuck that note.
2: What are we going to learn about following notes orders? We need to stop doing that.
0: Listen, this was a good one. It was themed like Char's deity. uh, Skimpy, skimply clad employees of all genders. Garish temple decor. Flaming hearts everywhere.
1: It's a Hooters, but a casino. An
0: alcoholic (laughs) shot called otherworldly pleasure. It was wild. There was gambling and drunken fun to be had. After you happen to see a member of the council that runs the empire making his way under heavy guard through the streets. Uh, Silphurin Keththal, the holder of the elven seat. Odd, because this man would not want his face seen here unless he had very serious business. Oh, and Zem bought some maybe human bones from a creepy salesman in the murky knot. Um,
1: They could have been monkeys. (laughs) Maybe,
0: but you guys didn't roll very good medicine checks.
1: Are there monkeys in this world?
0: Yeah, you guys, there was a monkey mermaid fish
1: thing. That was a, okay, that was a creation. (laughs) And then you were very vague about whether or not that was a legit thing. You're like, is it real? I don't know. Find out next
2: time on Slay the Stars. (laughs) All of the components are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh uh
0: so first thing uh political intrigue it's happening on the fringe of the campaign and we're getting little leaks in here there uh how much do zem and Shar care about politics
2: currently i would say probably very little for zem um i think i think overarching big things probably a bit but like in general, she is way too self-absorbed and uh, inward focused to pay attention to the those things until she has to.
1: I think, so being from the garden, there was a lot of like very much outside looking in from the perspective of like politics. It, because most of our knowledge came from uh, especially the war that happened with the orcs. So most of it is like, okay, what was the ramifications of that specific thing and what became of it after just because you had to know it, it was basically like what we would talk about each other, like with the, the, the members of the garden, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to get into it now, but he is, he, uh, he in, not enjoys it, but he sees a lot of it. He's just not smart enough to interpret like what's really going on behind the scenes. So it's very much a outside looking in perspective of politics.
0: All right, uh, and Shar, we haven't had a chance to talk to Amara about this place because you've been sort of distant with her. Uh, but I want to know Shar's thoughts on the casino and how he thinks Amara would feel about it.
1: I, I know, I know you put this in just to fuck me over. I did. I did. Um, not, not to
0: fuck you over. To fuck with you. Yeah, the same
1: thing. <laughs> very and different. Then,
0: very different. Very different.
1: But see, the the problem is, he knows she would love it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yes, she
1: would. And it's just, like, that entire episode, like, the back half of that was him coming to terms with that.
2: <laughs> so that is an active temple, then.
1: It really is. Yeah. Uh, just they need to get the damn symbol right.
0: This, I mean, you, if you guys survive this, you could go back, talk to Amy and Mr. Friedrich, and, like, get something going.
1: Amy Friedrich was the guy's name. <laughs> yeah, Mr.
0: Friedrich. Um... Okay, episode 11, The Ties That Bind. Okay, next couple episodes are a little heavy. Glad we had a little lightness there for a moment. Uh, during episode 11, um, well, so in the past few episodes, we've seen bits and pieces about Rafe, the biggest mob boss in Ocean Guard. Um, we know he's there. He's sort of like this boogeyman, right? We have an idea that he might be looking for Zem and Shar as well. Um Zem, you used your familiar, the Luna Moth Torah, to spy on a conversation with a group of Rafe's people.
1: That thing is so cool.
0: (laughs) Right? Uh, When they got up to leave, Zem, you tried to bump into one of them, the uh, braggadocious rogue, Reg. Fuck Reg. And had a (laughs) hilarious interaction that led to the Bar Keefe Jet Garp... The barkeep Jeff <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> trying to warn Zem and Shar about getting mixed up with Rafe and his people. From here, you went to the docks looking for Zem's dad, who owns a fishing boat, the Fuck Heart Song. Uh, you find him; he's incredibly drunk, and a conversation happened that was both fun and emotionally painful to listen to. Uh, I could feel Zem's desperation begging her father to help her and to show up for once. You made a plan to meet him in the morning so the three of you could leave on the boat, get out of town, come up with a plan when he was in his right state of mind. He promised to show up for you. Zem, you were obviously upset by this interaction and you and Char decided to blow off some steam with a night of partying. Zem, we didn't have a ton of time to get into exactly how Zem was feeling in this moment because we were sort of running on like a long episode. Uh, talk about that. How did this interaction with your dad
2: make you feel? I think she was um, grasping at hope. Um, So for me, this um, was very much the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like pinnacle, I guess, of the remainder of her childhood. Yeah, Um, Being able to turn to her father for help um, because she's in a very they're both in a very desperate situation, Uh, literal life and death. And um, to have her father be in the place where she ended up was. uh, She. Was able to reach out to him, you know, one more one more time um so she's afraid because she knows him and hopeful because she knows him so it's like a double-edged sword there um and i think that she's relying on him a little bit more than she realizes that she is
0: yeah no uh Shar, you clocked something that i slipped in uh, when Zem's dad Kristoff said, this isn't lucky. Yeah, what the in fuck was that? In to the whole situation. <laughs> he and then you s- laid a he trap for us immediately after. He what slithered the- his way out of the conversation by begging off, saying he was too drunk, he would discuss it in the morning. Spoilers, that conversation never happens. I will drown that man. I want to know Char's thoughts on this. What does he think Kristoff meant? Any theories?
1: Do I think he meant? I don't know, to be honest. Like, Arthur's got some kind of theories going around, mostly because you've given us the pantheon list, <laughs> which I don't know. Have you released that to the public yet? Or are you going to put that on Patreon?
0: You know, I originally had it on the website, and then I didn't like how it looked, so I took it down, and then I never released it. So, yeah, we could do that. We could release some deities. We'll do that.
1: Patreon. Yeah. So I've seen the, the Patreon list. So Arthur. Yeah, I, I, I think I understand. But Shar doesn't know a lot of the Pantheon. He's like within the last like six months, he's learned that gods even exist as opposed to like the very peripheral of, yeah, there's like some beliefs, like some people also believe in, in gambling and some people believe in self-preservation, like it, it's... To the he he saw religion as very different than what he sees it as now, yeah. Which is like, oh, they actually exist. Well, shit. Um, so he thought it was just something that came up from his past, or something that came up with his daughter that was significant for him in that relationship. Now Arthur knows better, but Char not so much.
0: Sam, what did you think in that moment when Char kind of keyed in on that phrase, and then your dad got sort of uh dodgy about it
2: um she doesn't put any like stock in any of that kind of stuff so she just was not really like in one ear not the other I don't I don't think that she I actually I know she she didn't really um she didn't hold on to that so she's not thinking about it
0: interesting Arthur, we did something fun at this point. We did another dramatization. This time, the scene was the night of drinking with Char and Zem after everything that happened, this very heavy scene with her dad. Uh, and you met an intriguing woman named Isla. We brought in a friend of yours mm-hmm. to play the part.
1: Yeah, uh, Elle is great. So I've I worked with her on uh, another audiobook project that we did called Coalesce. Uh, she is one of the narrators and one of the main characters. So that's how we met through that and then we had taken classes together so she came in you told me what you wanted from the character and i have uh like a backlog of actors that i can pull from at any given time which is nice and i'm just like well this is her like it's her and i I reached out to her she said she was interested so i mean she absolutely killed it i was really happy really excited and then i want to start doing that more with dramatizations is I want to bring in other people with D&D backgrounds or uh, other voice actors that know what we're doing. So you guys can look forward to that in the future. But yeah, it's I love the idea of bringing in characters that weren't introduced on stream, but still like finding a way to get Char and Zem from point A to point B. Even if it occurs in the middle like, oh, your headspace was different, but why? Yeah, we went out drinking, but that's the easy explanation. No, we met somebody intriguing. And turns out she was trying to fucking kill us. <laughs> Not kill us. She was trying to turn us in, but it worked out in the end.
0: Yeah.
1: Gotta love alcohol. No, I don't. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, All right. From there, episode 12, Nightmares Are Reality. So the end of episode 11 and into the beginning of episode 12 is where we get our first level up of the campaign. Uh, The two of you, now level four. Zem, during that long rest, you had a dream. A nightmare, we'll call it. Uh, And in it, you found yourself in some sort of cave with two women. One was prone on an altar, unmoving, not dead, but not quite alive either. Uh, suspended in some sort of cursed sleep, if you will. Before you could do anything to really interact with her, you met the other woman, very much alive, terrifying, imposing. Uh, Her porcelain mask and black gown making the exact impression she was going for, and she gave her name, Adria. Her interactions with you were somehow both threatening and inviting, She's the voice from your previous dreams, and she continues to ask you to submit to the darkness that you felt at the edges of your perception for some time now. She tells you that she could easily destroy you and cautions you not to end up like the woman on the altar. At the same time, Char witnessed the actual horrors that were happening to Zem's body in the real world, which ended in Zem vomiting broken, twisted, gross black snakes that immediately tried to attack Char. The dream ended. The two of you dispatched the snakes.
1: Yeah, fuck that. Did not like. Did not like. <laughs> you
0: both were shaken up by the experience. Um, a few other highlights. Shar. For the first time, witnesses the star in the sky turning black-purple and seemingly dying, like what Zem has seen in her dreams. Zem finds three tarot cards in her deck that match this moment. The devil, who was Adria. The empress, who was the woman on the altar. And the world card, which seems to be completely black and erased. Zem, this one was a big one for you. We could spend a whole episode dissecting this one moment. Mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on what Zem is feeling after this experience.
2: Um <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um lots of things. I mean, so so right up front probably scared. I mean, this is this is really big and I think that even though it's a dream or a nightmare, um she definitely realized that this is also at least semi-real, um, because she's losing control, um, which is terrifying. But I think that she's also starting to get some answers, um, or feeling like she's getting a direction towards some answers, and therefore she is feeling, uh, eager for more, um, because she is semi-reckless. and <laughs> um, But, you know, to have some answers to some questions she's had her entire life is um, absolutely something that she's looking forward to continuing to discover. Um, but I think that she is also starting to understand that it is, it's um, bigger than her in ways that mean that it affects people that she cares about. So that's also a reason for fear. Interesting. Uh, and Char, another
0: theme that we have been exploring in this campaign um, is how much people can change in two years. Trying to reconnect with someone you used to know so well. Uh, you've seen this darkness and Zen manifest a few times, but this is obviously the biggest moment Uh is there any part of Char that just wants to peace out?
1: Now, when you say peace out, do you mean like leaves them?
0: Yeah, like distance yourself from that.
1: I don't think so. See, interestingly enough, I don't think any part of Char has ever been like, I need to leave at all. Because <sighs> he understands that being alone sucks because that's the way he's been through most of his life and it's not because he's trying to prove that like they were friends or whatever even if it was anybody else bar like murder psychopath type deal he's gonna stay uh, call it loyalty call it whatever you want but I mean he's he's staying so no is the answer to your question. Mm-hmm.
0: And the last episode for this synopsis, episode 13, The Devil You Don't. We leave right from one moment of trauma for Zem and jump right into another. Uh, The two of you get to the docks in the morning and the heart song and Kristoff are gone.
1: Fuck all of this. What a
0: dick. (laughs) Certainly true. Sorry, I
1: gotta stay on brand for the talk. Fuck that guy.
0: (laughs) Childhood over. You are met by two men with a note from your father asking for forgiveness because he couldn't stay for you. He turned you into Rafe's people in some misguided attempt at helping you, question mark. At least that's what he convinced himself he was doing. The two men offer to take you to see Rafe and seeing not many other options, you both agreed, uh, you head to the prism. Rafe's casino and lair in the high roller district of the city. When you do meet with him, he isn't quite what you expected. He's curious about the two of you and why Nexus wants you so badly. He clearly has a vested interest in taking down Nexus and specifically Zem's mother, who Rafe seems to hate very much. He offers you a sort of freedom, He gave you both rings to wear so he can always find you and all he asks in return is for information regarding what Nexus is up to and why they want you. The three of you shoot straight with each other for the entire time and an alliance is formed. He outfits you with everything you ask, gives you quite a bit of coin for your travels. He makes it clear that you should leave the city and suggests heading north to find more information about Nexus's plots. They stole something from the elves recently and it seems to be the item that Char saw in the wagon at the Midway Tavern the other night. With that, You are escorted out of Ocean Guard and begin making your way north. Both of you, what are your thoughts on Rafe? How trustworthy do you find him?
2: Um, He is not trustworthy, which makes me trust him because I trust his motivations will always be for himself.
1: Okay, maybe a little bit too much of a nerd. I was watching uh, The Big Short last night because, you know, I'm a geek. Um, But there was whether they were talking about trusting a short trader with with the market collapse and they're like I can't not trust him his his motivations are just far too obvious. Now, would I buy a, a car from him? No. Do I trust him? Yeah. We'll find out.
2: Yeah, I um I don't I I did my best to get out of the whole ring deal. Uh <laughs> couldn't do that, but um I I do think that we have an understanding. Um, I understand his motivations. Uh, I know his type. So for me, I'm, I'm going to be honest with him because there has to be someone when you have no resources and no experience and no nothing, there has to be somebody that you can trust. Um, I was hoping that that was going to be Zem's father, but fuck that guy fuck that guy so instead that is going to be rafe who i i don't i don't know um it could be a mistake and that being said you know double cross
0: triple cross Uh, triple cross
2: mm -hmm. too many crosses
0: (laughs) so many crosses uh, I went
1: down to the crossroads. <laughs>
0: Char, the two of you decided that you're going to the garden for help. Does Char really Shame. think this is a good idea?
1: Does he think it's a good idea? No, but considering that everything that's happened right now, this is kind of one of our only options that's viable right now, especially with the fact that again, coming from like looking at the like the uh, the the repercussions of the war and like that's the history that we learned at the garden is Even if it's not a great idea for Char to go back, Zem is smart enough to get the information that they need going north to the elves because there is a a certain amount of diversity that comes from being in the garden. And we're going to find that out probably here in a little bit.
0: Yeah. We are indeed. All right. uh, Any final thoughts about the first 13 episodes? Either of you. Going once?
1: I don't think... So with Rafe especially... We got as much as we could from him, and your stuff was very much like money, ability to travel, etc. Mine was info, and that kind of is very, I that is Shar's character. Like, he would prefer information over things any day of the week.
2: I think that, um,
1: even if he's smart, not smart enough to interpret them,
2: <laughs> I think that Z- for Zem, she's. I have no problem with information being like our form of currency. I don't think we have the stability for that though. So my my like my long term goals are information based. Uh, but my short term goals are just getting us to the end of every day. Um, which includes the money mm-hmm. and the and the stuff. So but that, for right, that's just
1: kind of how our, our thought our process is different. Dynamic. As yeah.
2: Yeah. So for right now, this this is where, you know, she's at, but storing this information and this is why, you know, um as we go through things and she writes in her journal and she sketches people and she writes little notes and she she writes things down and and her journal is her whole connection to everything um for these purposes because she can for as crazy as her journal might look to, to anyone else she can follow the lines back through um so that if she needs to reference anything she's got it right there um But yeah, but for right now, she's still very much focused on where's our next meal coming from. Are we sleeping on the ground outside, or are we sleeping in a in a bed somewhere? Or a
1: crypt about fire safety. (laughs) I will never not be angry about that. I don't think.
2: Oh, greatest
0: moment in podcast (laughs) history. Um. All right. So we're going to end this synopsis here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, join us next Tuesday for um, episode 14. Uh, Betrayals begin with trust. Fuck. Thanks, guys.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us on this very special episode of a relapse. Relapse? Really? Recap. mother. Hey, guys. Welcome back. I hope you've enjoyed this little recap Episode? Episode? Oh, I cannot do this. Ugh. Fuck. <laughs> it's just a promo. It's not that big a deal. Hey, guys, welcome back. Thanks for listening to the recap of Slay the Stars episodes one through thirteen, our first core. So, from here on in, I'm going to use whole new dice, and I really hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. But knowing Leah, it's absolutely going to. <sighs> a moment of silence for Shark and me, Arthur. Dear Cthulhu, who art in what the fuck is Cthulhu? Anyway, thanks for joining us, and I hope you guys get to tune in. Oh, boy. Anyway, again, thanks for joining us. And as always, Persomnia at Astra. Stay tuned. Tunes. tunes. Motherfucker!